sound of that music means, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another episode of Three Beers In. My name is Dom, and I am welcoming you to episode 146 of this show. It could be 145, I'm not sure, but I think it's 146. And I am just elated and happy to be here with you guys, ladies and gentlemen, tonight. I have to open the cooler because I just just got back from Beverage Island to get these beers, and this is what I'm drinking tonight. It is a... Sorry if that made a lot of noise. Um, Industrial Arts. This is a brewery that I think I've done so far in season two already. Uh, and, and, you know, I try not to do that. I try to um, I try to break it up a little bit and do different breweries and stuff like that. But uh, nonetheless, uh, it's Industrial Arts. And I grabbed it because, you know, Sour September is over. We did the uh, New England style IPA from uh, Samuel Adams. And this is a fest beer. Uh called Autumn Landscape Fest Beer Lager from Industrial Arts Brewing Company. And I think it's pretty cool because it's a lager beer, and I wanted to do something um, I wanted to do something different than an ale and stuff, and, you know, breaking away from the sours. But um, it's Industrial Arts. Uh, Industrial Arts is landscape series, all New York State-grown and brewed lagers. So I think that's pretty neat. Uh this thing was packaged on the 24th of September, which is not too, too long ago. A little under a month ago. And, uh, oh, shit. Again, this happened. There's beer everywhere. God, I hope I don't stop the recording. Oh, shit. Okay, I don't want to pause. I was trying to wipe the beer off with my shirt. I'm a liability, people, seriously. But I'm going to pour this beer out and enjoy it and talk to you guys. So, um, yeah, well, listen, hey, so last week I said I wanted to do a half-hour show. Uh, that obviously didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, 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 it ballooned up into a full-hour show. Uh, and I think it's because I just had a lot to say. Uh, so today I might try to shoot for that half-hour show and uh, see where, what, where, where it goes from there. Nonetheless, um, here we are. Uh, the crickets have complete autonomy over the basement right now, uh, and I think I've brought this up before, but um, but now it's become it's become um, it's a bit of a problem. I come down here, and there are so many crickets, right? And you know what? Hold on, let me pause this and, and fix this because I think I, I don't want the laptop to get ruined. Hold on, fine, go. Okay, so yeah, um, I just saw like a bunch of beer like puddled at the couple of the keys and I was like, yeah, that's going to fucking seep in there and destroy everything again. Um, nonetheless, I mean, not again, meaning that I pour the beer on it and then there will be a flood that will destroy everything. Uh, unlike, uh, anything biblical. Right. Um, so I come down here and the crickets have now gotten to a point where they've advanced as like a civilization. I mean, they're now warring with each other. There's tribes. I swear to God, I come down here and it is just overrun with these motherfuckers. And I swear to you, I just saw a woman that, that had um, a leg missing. And you don't just you don't just lose a leg. Well, maybe you do lose a leg because I did read that the crickets pass away after it hits a certain temperature. I, I read that, that um, I think 60 degrees or something like that has to stay 60 degrees for a while. So maybe what I saw was a cricket that was checking out like a cricket that was dying and that in the process of the death, I mean, that's pretty sad though, right? If you think of, I mean, look, I mean, I have a heart, I'm a human being, you know, I got a big heart and to sit here and just watch these crickets wither away like this, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy because I mean, that's a bad way to go. A bad way to go is 
you you're sitting here, you're trying to you know live, you're trying to provide. I, I mean, I don't know what crickets are providing, but nonetheless, you're just trying to survive. And all of a sudden, it gets a little cool outside, and you just fucking wither away, and you lose a leg, and then and then you know the inevitable's coming. Either you're gonna get swatted with a shoe, or at, at the other leg's gonna go, and you're just gonna fucking die where you sit. So. The, the time is nay, I think that's how it's said, uh, for the crickets here. Uh, and then I will fully take control of the, of the basement once again. Mm. Okay, so I poured out the fest beer, had a first sip, and we're going to talk about it later because, you know, we do, our, we do our beer reviews a little later in the show. In other news, um, yeah, being a dad, right? So I, I, I don't want to be the guy who just always does a baby update on his podcast, but it's gonna, it's happening right now. Here it comes, right? So everyone that you know, there were a lot of doom criers, right? You know, I'm not gonna name names, but there were doom criers. They were like, "Oh well, you know, say goodbye to any sleep that you're gonna have," <laughs> and they made it seem like it was a fucking. It was going to be a disaster, you know? You didn't want to almost be a part of the whole thing. You wanted to do something. I don't know. It made it seem like it was going to be atrocious and stuff like that. So you got your, the doom criers there just saying all this this negative stuff. But they didn't tell you why you were going to lose sleep, right? They didn't tell you the, the, the reasons why the sleep would be lost and stuff like that. And uh, I think that's important because, like, for example, like, so with our baby, with our child, my wife and I, little Izzy, she has she has uh, a reflux issue, right? So she'll eat and eat the formula, and um, it, it it usually comes up in a in a spit up and some regurgitation sometimes, and it can it can be a bit tedious. But now we're kind of used to it. Like every time she eats, she's gonna puke up a little bit, sometimes a lot of it, and sometimes a lot of it's gonna happen at two thirty in the morning when you want to go back to sleep. You know what I mean? But uh, you have to take the time because that's your that's your little girl, and you care about her. So. The funny thing about this whole uh, situation is that uh, the people who are doom crying about, you're going to lose your sleep, <laughs> you know, all that nonsense. These people, they never really, um, they never really said why that you were going to have these, these, these issues with sleeping. I mean, I mean, cause, cause it's always like this thing, like you're changing diapers and stuff like that, but it's never anything bad right now i want to convey that to any new parents or prospective parents you know that i might know it's never anything bad it's usually something that you can enjoy so for example right uh not too long ago so my daughter just turned uh 6 months and you know she has a lot of pain from the reflux that she has and um and it has damaged her vocal cords sort of and like her esophagus and stuff because that's what the ENT tells us he's like you could literally see that she has problems uh, with her larynx because of the reflux that she has, and it's constant. So she's on medicines for it and stuff like that, but, you know, to, not to bore you with the details. Um, so when she laughs, it's it's hard for her to get a full laugh out. It's usually like a like a, like a a noise, you know, like, like, like a, like a noise. It's not really like a laughter, right? So that was going on for the first five months of her life. So six months hits uh, not too long ago. That's about two weeks ago now. And I'm sitting in my living room, and she's in the jumper thing, which she fucking loves, right? She really jumping like fucking crazy. I have her in the jumper thing, and I'm not really paying attention to her. She's jumping around doing her thing. And, like, I'm kind of, like, on my phone or something. I just hear out of nowhere. I mean, literally, 
the, the, the kid hasn't really made any noises other than like a sneeze, her coughing, and her yawning and going like, ah, after a yawn. That's it, right? Out of nowhere, okay, I'm sitting there on my phone. I just hear, and I look at her and I'm like, oh my God, are you babbling right now? So it was the first babble. You know, I got to witness it, which was which was fantastic. And um, I couldn't get enough of it. I thought it was amazing, you know. So she would start babbling now. Now she's starting to babble. And it's a miracle, you know, for you to see that as a parent. I guess you, you can't really put it into a perspective unless you are a parent or you'll know one day when you when you do have a baby of your own if you if you haven't already. So she's doing the babbling thing. And I thought it was a fucking amazing thing. So now... The, the thing about the, the, you know, the doom crier saying you're going to lose your sleep, blah, blah, blah. They were right because the babble has no, has no filter. I mean, no, no, no filter, but has no um, time period. Okay. She will babble whenever she wants. So my wife and I will be asleep, right? We'll pass out. She'll pass out around 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And so do we, because we're like, we got to get our sleep as soon as we can. Because what used to happen was that she would she would cry to wake us up to eat. Now, before the cry for the eating, she'll wake up and decide it's time to have a conversation with her toes or her, her feet and her toes. She will grab her feet and toes and just be like, ah, 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 ah. And I'm, and I, and you're just you're woken from your sleep by this the, by this screaming, you know this. It's like a caveman trying to communicate, okay. And you you know you're obviously you're you're woken up, so you're like you know you're sleepy and you're all weird, not weird, but you know when you wake up from the middle of the night, and you you want to be like upset because the modus operandi of being woken up from a deep sleep is to be upset. But you can't because you're listening to your child starting to try to speak, starting to try to formulate sounds. And it's a fucking miracle. It's an incredible thing. So you can't get mad at it. You can't get upset about it. So when like when you're going to like when I come up to a part because I know Eric is going to be having a baby. So I'm like, listen, man. You, you come five, six months, maybe even four months, you know, that baby's going to start fucking babbling and waking you up, but it's going to be fucking great. Everything that has happened with this baby and how it's affected my life has been great and has been fantastic. And I've said this on the show before that I wish to God or whatever anyone might believe in, higher power or not, I just wish that everybody I know and everybody I care about that has a baby, I hope they feel exactly how I feel, okay? Because it's indescribable. It's so much fun. And and that, and, and if there's people that can't feel this emotion and can't grasp it, I really feel bad. You know, I, I, I truly do, you know? And, oh, I just cracked my neck. I wonder if that came through on the recording. And uh, I hope that at some point during the, the, the person's life that they will connect in some way with their with their baby. Because I have. Um, okay, so let us get into the hop of the week. 
Okie dokie. I'm gonna spin this wheel here on the computer. I don't have it hooked up anymore to do the, the, the noise, but believe me, the wheel is spinning. So give me a second here. I'm gonna spin the wheel right now. And it is spinning. It is spinning. And we have... Boar. Or B-O-R hops. B-O-R hops. All right, hold on. B-O-R hops. Hoplist.com. B-O-R hops. This is the Hop of the Week, ladies and gentlemen. Selected by Dr. Bob Romanco. B-O-R 704 was so named for its planting position, row seven, plant four, in the Prosser Boneyard in the Yakima Valley. It features an aroma profile that is distinctly European, uh, while BOR exhibits a relatively poor yield. It has been used to breed other seedlings in an effort to pass on its low... Oh, shit, I can't read this word again. Cohumulone, cohumulone uh, rate that is sometimes as low as 14%. However, its low alpha content has hindered it by gaining any successful foothold in commercial hop production. Uh, there seems to be some confusion over its parentage. Some say it's a seedling of Hollertal Mitterfeuer, uh, while others say it is of Sage and Northern Brewer descent. The former is uh, most likely true. So it's also known as uh, BOR704. Uh, its purpose is mainly for aroma. Oh, yeah, the alpha acid composition is 2 to 3%. I mean, that is low. And what we've learned here on 3 Beers In is that that alpha acid uh, composition is what gives um, uh, the beers its, um, uh, whatchamacallit, its bitterness. Uh, and so the style guide is uh, German Pilsners, Pale Ales, and Wheat Beer. So that's what we have here for uh, the BOR704. And again, like I said last week, when I'm reading about these hops, it just gets me so fucking amped up for this Saturday. I am going to take over the kitchen and I am going to do my very first brew. I'm going to do my very first wort, my very first uh, boil. And I'm really, really happy and excited about it. I'm going to try to document as much of it uh, to share it with you guys to see how it goes and everything like that. Um I cut. I was. I was thinking about it today when I was preparing for the show. Like you know, like this is something that I'm really gearing up for it now. It's going to be in a couple days. I was thinking to myself. It's like I know. I'm pretty sure. I'm. I know that once I start doing this, like once the brewing process begins, I know that I'm going to end up having to buy another kit so I can get two things fermenting, or maybe even three kits fermenting at the same time. I don't think I would be able to become a brewer. And have to wait months at a time for batches to come out. I just don't think I'm going to be able to do that. I think what's going to happen is I'm going to do this boil. I'm going to get confident with it. I'm going to wait and see what happens, right? It's probably going to taste fine. And I'm going to get, and the confidence is going to build up. And I'm going to want to try to do two. The goal is to get to two to three brews at a time, honestly speaking. And then, of course, once you're, you know, once uh, I, I feel confident enough again, to break away from ales and do some, maybe some lagering. Uh, maybe next year for the lagering. I don't think I'm going to lager any beers this year because it's already starting to get cold. I mean, I think the temperature for a home brewer is just right, you know, coming up the upcoming weeks and months for lagering beers. Speaking of lagering beers, and I really wanted to talk about this. This is this is kind of going to go with the beer news. So let me do the let me let me pop that beer mu uh, news music up.
So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, l- let me be. So, um, I'm really going to dive deep into the beer discussion. I'm going to play the beer news and stuff like that because that's when it, well, that's when we're going to get to the beer stuff. So, it's going to be Dom's thoughts in the beginning of the show, and then it's going to be beer stuff after the hops of the week and stuff like that. Uh, obviously, the hop of the week starts at shut up, everybody. Shut up, Dom. Just talk. Sorry about that. Um, so, uh, a really interesting thing here, full disclosure, right? I try to be fair when it comes to me doing this show, right? I want to get a unique beer every week. I want to get a unique brewery every week. Um, but I recently I was on Facebook and Bolero Snort keeps coming out with beer after beer after beer. And each time they come out with a beer, it's hops that I'd never fucking heard of. It's literally, like they're always coming out with something so fucking cool and new. I'm such a fanboy of Bolero Snort. It's unbelievable. And I'm looking at these beers and I'm just like salivating, wanting to get my hands on it. You know what I mean? And obviously it's not readily available here in Staten Island as much as it would be if it was my local brewery or I was closer to the brewery in New Jersey. So today when I get into Beverage Island, it kind of hit me, right? I go into the fridge of Beverage Island. That's where I usually go to get the beers, right? Let me take a sip here. I go into the fridge and brand new Killsboro again, brand new flagship again. The Rogan Fest is out, you know, and I'm, I'm looking at <clears throat> these two breweries in front of me and I'm saying to myself, this is my Bolero snort. This is, this is my own personal Bolero snort in this fridge right now. Right. And I'm saying to myself, look, you do the show. Okay, you you get your unique beers. You you do every week. You do a new beer, but also you could also enjoy what is offered by your local brewery. So I you know I've never tried to pick sides here when it came to the breweries. So when it comes to the Staten Island breweries, whether it's Flagship, Killsborough, Robson and Horman, um, I'm gonna be I'm just gonna tell you how it is for me, right? So with Flagship, right, they, they just uh, put on their face. So this is another thing, too. And it, this is nothing against the people who, who work there or anything like that. Flagship has a pretty good social media situation, right? I, I mean, it was re- really, it was in-your-face type thing, you know, on the Instagram and on the, um, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Facebook. It's just there, okay? Not to say that, uh, whatchamacallit, that uh, Killsborough does not have a... <clears throat> A presence on social media. It's just, it seems as if flagship kind of has the control right now. So they have, you know, they have over 10,000 followers on uh, Instagram and Killsboro has uh, approximately um, 3,000. So, you know, their presence is there, right? And I'm, I'm, so to be fair, you know, I'm going to give coverage to both breweries as much as possible by saying that, like, for example, um, on the uh, flagship, Instagram, they've got lagering. They just got some new lagering tanks uh, delivered and installed in their in their tap, uh, not in their tap room, but in their brewery. And I think that's really exciting because it shows me that flagship is moving towards a a direction, you know. And um, and this was actually uh, solidified by one of their other posts that came up from um, recently. They're they're working on a uh, a stout, right? A pastry stout. Uh, with Halterman's Bakery of Staten Island. And in this post, they uh, used a complete sheet of chocolate crumb cake just dumped into the boil. And Halterman's Bakery is the 
I think the oldest bakery on Staten Island. I mean, it's it was it was I think it opened in um, the 1800s, like the late 1800s, or maybe even like the mid 1800s. Either way, I've been there a couple times, and when you walk into Halterman's, <clears throat> you're literally transported to 1967 Staten Island. I'm not saying that to be mean, and I'm not trying to say that to be, you know, I'm not trying to say that to be negative. It is a time capsule, and it is so fucking awesome. So when you go to Halterman's, you just have this feeling of, like, just old-time family-owned situation. You feel like like they would know what your name is as soon as you walk in because you live on Staten Island. Okay, so Halterman's Bakery, uh, they put this uh, chocolate crumb cake into their boil at Flagship, and the can release is going to be on November 1st of 2019. So that's really exciting. And you know what? Like I said, I'm not going to ever try to compare the two. I'm just going to celebrate the two. So not comparing the tiramisu munchies, even though they, they, they got high praise here on the show and was rated on the show. Um, I, I, I maybe shouldn't have done that, but I don't know. I'm just a guy. Okay. I'm just a guy with a little bit of a beer show. All right. But what I'm trying to get at is when I'm in the fridge at flagship, I mean, at uh, beverage Island and I'm sitting here and I'm like, all right, I buy the beers, uh, you know, in advance because I cannot every week go to, go to the beverage Island. You know what I mean? So I get like four, four, uh, rounds of beer, uh, when I on my visits, and that allows me to do like four weeks straight, and then I have to go make my visit again. Um, so I'm standing there, and I'm looking, and I'm like, let me get okay, I got my beers right. Let me get some beers for before the show. And I looked over at the Killsborough Nook, and I go up, and it says beer is canned on October first, twenty nineteen. And I'm like, this is my this is the Bolero Snort. This is it, right? I'm always focusing on new breweries, different breweries, different beers, because I do want to get maximum exposure of beers on the show to be something unique and, and real. At the same time, I personally am sort of ignoring um, what what's being offered for me if I wasn't on this show. So, you know, full disclosure, I had two Killsborough beers uh, before the show, and they were fucking amazing, okay? They were really fantastic. And what I'm trying to get at is I appreciate anyone who goes out into the craft community and shows love and support to various breweries all over the United States, you know, whether it's from Vermont to, to, to Virginia, across to California and, and everywhere in between. I think I left Florida out, but, you know, every corner of the United States and everything within. Great. Bravo. Continue to do that. Support craft beer. But if your local brewery is pumping out some fucking spectacular shit. Get that, get that too. You could do exactly what I do. You go to Beverage Island. You go in there right now. If you go to go to some places, right? And if and you you know you got to look at your pocketbook. You got to be careful. You don't have to do exactly what I do, but go go to your local places, wherever your distributor is. Get yourself something you never had before, and get yourself something from your local. Bang bang boom. Okay, your fridge is going to be stocked with delicious craft beer. You're going to try something new, and you're going to support your local uh, craft brewery. I could have easily sat there and, and went through that fridge and purchased, because I, don't, I can't spend a ton of money on this, right? I have, I have responsibilities. Everyone does. I could have sat in there and bought six different beers, right? I could have done that, but I did, 
I did two. I, no, what did I do? I did two weeks of 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 show beer because I get like two at a time, and the rest was 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 killed bar and flagship. Because now I'm showing love to everybody. Because it's not fair, okay? I don't think it's fair. Now I know I've read articles in the past about people complaining about this and and the shit, you know. And I get that. I get that. But you know what? I think wise people change their opinions often, right? I get that it you should stick to your convictions, but at the same time, like, hear me out. You have in your backyard a brewery that makes fucking great shit, okay? Anybody could go to any distributor and get the, the like Goose Island bourbon stouts. You'll get Bell's uh, Hop Slam. You'll get all that stuff. You could find your Hop Slam and your bourbon stouts in your fucking backyard. And I think that's really important. And I think a lot of that gets I think that message has been ignored on this show. Okay? I will never step foot in another beer distributor again and not buy the beer that is offered in my backyard. That is, that is my word. Okay? Whether I'm going to a friend's house or whether it's for this show, because it's just wrong of me to, to just continually support. I mean, it's wrong of me to not recognize and show love and support the breweries that are right here in my fucking backyard. No disrespect to Bolero Snort. I think they're great. And as soon as those fucking beers that I saw on their websites, I mean, on the Facebook, reach here. I'm going to get them. I will. But I will not walk out the door without some beer from right here in my backyard, too. Because I think it's that important. I think it's that important. Because guess what? If I don't buy that beer, if I don't show them that love, one day they might close their doors. And if they close their doors, then I have nobody. I have nobody. Now I have to rely on hopefully the Bolero Snort coming out here and hopefully this and hopefully that. So so I think it's important and I, I just want to get that message out there uh, to everybody. I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad. I'm not trying to put anything on anybody. You do whatever you want with your money, whatever you want to do with, you know, whatever your purview is in, in your approach in buying beer. I get it. That's fine. I'm just letting you know a bit about of what I'm going to try to do from now on. Okay, that's my New Year's resolution. I'll give you my New Year's resolution here on October 17th. You might hear this on the 18th. Of October, but that's that's what I'm going to do from now on. That's that that is the message, and the goal of this show is, and I think it should be the goal of everybody who supports this community. Do not let your local brewery fall to the wayside. Okay, they're very important people because as much as I'm trying to do unique beers here and beers from all over the place, that's someone's brewery in their backyard. Okay, and they need to support them to keep them going so we can get the beer out here. Everyone needs to be a part of this. It's a big umbrella. It's a big tent, right? It's a big tent. All right? Have the beers, enjoy the beers, and and just live life. That's all I got to say about that, okay? Moving on. It's the most wonderful time of the beer. That's right. Last week, I wanted to read this article, and I didn't do it. And uh, maybe I should have uh, because you would have been to Costco sooner where they are selling beer advent calendars. This isn't this isn't anything new. Uh, Mickler and I think Brewdog did this with their craft beers. But nonetheless, if you don't know what an advent calendar is, what it is is it starts on December 1st. Um, and if you're not a raging alcoholic, the traditional advent calendars, uh, you would open a door on each day like leading up to Christmas and behind the door would be like a little toy 
or like a little chocolate or something. Uh, you know, it's usually for children, but for grown adults that um, you know use uh, you know advent calendars, it, it's kind of you know now you have an excuse to do so because there's a in Costco for sixty dollars, which is a little steep. Um, you're able to get a German beer behind every single one of those doors. And I tried really hard to um, find what beers were there, but I wasn't able to find it. I do know that uh, some Costco's still, uh, still sell um, uh, Polliner and sell uh, Warsteiner, uh, and some of them also sell, um, oh, what, oh, shit, I forgot what it's called now. It's a, it's a short name, like Pibs or something. Not Pibs. Isn't that like a fucking Diet Coke? Anyway, I don't know. But they sell they, they do sell some German beer. They also have their own, like, Costco brand spirits. Because I remember I went to a birthday party once, and there was, like, um, Costco Walker Black or something. And it was basically, um, it was a scotch. And it was actually pretty good. They had a vodka. They had a scotch. They had a gin. Like, everything, you know, anything Kirkland brand, baby. You know, it's, it's pretty darn good. But... I might go to Costco and get this. Um, you know, I think it would be a good way to have a beer every night uh, in December. But uh, I don't know. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. But I do. If there are craft uh, advent calendars out there, I do implore. I mean, I employ everyone to try to go and uh, get their hands on uh, one of those for sure. Another article that I came across is that Sam Adams is um, Utopias is coming back just in time for Halloween. And the Utopias, for those who don't know, it is basically the um, the Goose Island Bourbon County of Sam Adams, you know, basically. Right. And um, what's funny about it is that it's illegal in uh what you call in in 15 states because the alcohol by volume on this bad boy is 28%, okay? And it's confirmed from the Samuel Adams uh spokespeople that uh Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, Arkansas, I say Arkansas, uh Georgia, Idaho, Missouri, Mississippi, Montana, New Hampshire, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Oregon, South Carolina, Utah, Vermont, and West Virginia are not able to get these um these beers. I never had it because like whenever I've gone into a distributor or anywhere that has it, it's like $198, you know, starting. And that's just, I mean, come on, that's just too much for me. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to play games with that. Now I know I said that I wouldn't try to read any articles on this show anymore, but I do have to read this one. This is from, um, where's this from? It says content. Content on draft. Um, it's by Morgan Coolhan, and it says what drinking local uh, beer means to Buffalo, and uh, why drink local. We say it, we do it. We even have a hashtag on it. But what does hashtag drunk, uh, drink local really mean? Uh, when you buy beer from a local brewery, you are supporting a local business. This part is somewhat obvious, but the impact of your purchase doesn't stop there. It extends so much further. Now, listen, I did not read, I did not read this article beforehand when I had that little rant about buying local. So this actually kind of uh, ties in hand in hand. And trust me, I really didn't do this beforehand. Uh, I just found this article right now. As the craft beer scene grows locally, the whole city benefits. When you shop local, you keep more money in the local economy. Shopping locally also creates more local jobs, conserves energy and resources, and strengthens communities. Buffalonians, that's a mouthful, 
love Buffalo-based beverages. Today, the Buffalo area has 35-plus craft breweries, and locals love supporting these establishments. Just look at the turnout for the Buffalo Beer Week and Borderland Music Plus Arts Festival. Uh, We love the craft beverage community here in Buffalo. We really, really do. The craft beer scene is growing and thriving here because Buffalo loves to drink local. Local dollars make a difference. Uh, Drinking local makes a real difference. Every local purchase makes a real impact. This uh, was a common theme throughout Buffalo Beer Week. Think about it. Spending locally supports our local economy. I feel like I've said the word local a thousand times. I'm going to keep going. By supporting our local breweries, we are supporting the local community as a whole. The impact is even greater than most people realize. So let's talk numbers. $5.4 billion fucking dollars. I I added the fucking. Uh, That's the impact that New York State economy saw from craft beer in 2018. The craft beer industry also created 19,918 jobs, according to the New York State Brewers Association. And economic impact is uh, this large, is major for New York State. And beer tourism is trending. Tourists travel to craft brewery regions across the state, Buffalo included. Craft beer may be the initial hook, but these same tourists are staying in local hotels, eating at local restaurants, visiting local shops, and exploring attractions in the area. Industry experts agree the local craft beer scene is a legitimate marketing tool because Buffalo is well on its way to becoming a world-class craft beer destination. You know, this is interesting to me. Not interesting to me, but I think it actually is true because when... The here on Staten Island, when they were going to put that wheel up and they made those outlets, right? Flagship is is located very close there, and so is Killsboro, okay? Because they're 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 located inside of the Craft House, I believe. Okay, I could be wrong, but I believe it's the Craft House. Nonetheless, this is all local. So when you get these tourists coming here to shop in the local shops, they might stop at the local brewery, okay? Pete Sullivan, great friend of the show, an amazing human being. This guy is traveling all over New Jersey to try to hit up every single brewery that the state has to offer. You mean to don't you're going to tell me that this guy's not going to go to the local area to eat? I don't think he's going to go find a fucking Wendy's. I think he's going to try to find something delicious to go with the craft beer. Okay? People who take time to care about the 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 work to care about the art that goes into these beers and into the local uh, restaurants. It's a great thing, and I'm really, really glad that everyone here is along for the ride. Craft beer is where it's at, ladies and gentlemen. And speaking of craft beer, it's time for us to have the Beer Review. Autumn Landscape, Fest Beer Lager from Industrial Arts Brewing Company. Do they have anything written on here? Uh, I think I read it before. It's just brewed and canned Industrial Arts Brewing Company in Gardnerville, New York. Um, and everything now, very important to realize here, and this goes into the review that I'm doing. They wrote here that everything that all the ingredients here are, I'm going to say it again, local, saying local. Like I've never said local this much, but everything that, uh, be careful opening this because I don't want to fuck the laptop. Oh, I almost did. Um, everything is local. Nonetheless, um, I drank one of these uh, during the show, and let's see if I can get that delicious noise there. Tall boy cans, everybody. I'm doing a very aggressive pour, as you just heard, 
and it's giving me it's yielding about four fingers of four fingers of head there i mean it, it is a very vibrant looking beer too as i pour it out into the glass uh we have a rich uh yellow color here golden yellow color uh very 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 pleasant to look at it looks like a fucking magazine beer as i pour it out maybe i just maybe it's just me maybe it's not the beer you know maybe it's the person that's doing it so um this is the first i think the first fest beer i've done on the show uh, I've had the Rogan Fest, but I think that's a little bit different than a traditional Fest beer. Um, yeah, about four fingers ahead here. The, combina- the carbonation is medium. It's not It's not too much. So what I did was I went to the uh, the beer guide. Uh, I'm going to bring it up here real quick because I think it's important that uh, everyone knows about uh, the uh, the BJCP uh, styles. And uh, this is the pretty much the official, uh, you know, the authority on the on the beers. So it's a great app. You can get it on your phone and, uh, you, you know, they give you the color of the beer and you could compare it with your phone to the, to the actual beer, you know, that the color is right. You know, that everything is working out fine. And I was reading through it and it, and it hits up the aroma, the appearance, the flavor, the mouthfeel and the overall impression. And then it also gives you a little bit of a history and comments behind the beer and stuff like that. And how a lot of modern German Oktoberfest tents are actually brewing and serving uh, fest beer. So for example, You'll have um, you will have uh, Augustiner Oktoberfest, uh, Hockerbschor Superior Fest beer, Hofbrau's Fest beer, Lohenbrau's Oktoberfest beer, Pauliner, uh, Schonramer, and Weinhestefaner all have their fest beers, and they serve them in the tents. From what I'm reading here, now this could be old information or different, and it, and it does change from Oktoberfest to Oktoberfest, but nonetheless, I think it's important for us to. Uh, have an Oktoberfest beer, even though these celebrations are over in Germany, they're still going on well, uh, going on here. And, uh, in the amount of time that I just spoke just now, it's gone now gone down to two fingers ahead. So there's a lot going on here with this beer. So, uh, quickly, uh, real quick, uh, the aroma should have a moderate multi richness emphasis on toasty, doughy aromatics and, uh, the impression of sweetness, uh, low to medium, uh, low floral, uh, smells and herbal hops, uh, and spicy hops. The malt should not, uh, have a deeply toasted caramel obesity quality, clean fermented lager. So, I mean, you're looking at just a lager beer, right? So you want it to be clear. You want it to be perfect. There's no haze whatsoever. And when I pick it up and hold it, uh, you know, I see, I can see my fingerprints on the other side. It's as clear as day. Now we got about one finger ahead and I'm just going to get to the taste here. And I'm going to tell you what I wrote down before. And to see if it, yeah, it's there, man. Mm. Baby. Uh, so I wrote down some notes here. So what I like to do is when I taste these beers, I like to just, I don't, I I just write out what I taste, you know, so it's kind of in shorthand, but toasty, roti, uh, (laughs) toasty, roti, uh, toasty, roasty malts, right? Medium combination. I wrote dry, dry finish. And it's true. This is one of the drier, um, bitter finishes that I've had in a beer in a long, long time. But the, the, what really shines here is it has a very classic, German hop flavor, quite spicy, uh, but it makes me crazy about it is that it has such unique and incredible German qualities to it. I am shocked. Literally, people, I am not fucking exaggerating here. I am shocked that everything here, I'm going to bring up the word again, is local. I thought you could only achieve German style like flavors by using the water the the noble hops and the malts, 
okay, that are used in Germany. I've said it here on the show before, okay? I might have to eat fucking crow. I thought people in the craft brew, brew industry were not nailing the German flavors because, A, copyright infringements or, or some sort of intellectual property, and B, you didn't have the ingredients. This fucking proves it all wrong, literally. And, I, and I, it just drives me out of my fucking mind about this beer, that it is so uniquely, deliciously tasting German. Now, now I've had a craft beer like this before. I thought it was like called like, uh, fuck. It was before season two. And it. I remember saying like, I think they got some of the ingredients from Germany. Maybe that's true. I don't know because they didn't say otherwise. At least this brewery, okay, Industrial Arts, is saying that the Industrial Arts Brewing Company is saying that this was all local. And if that's true, my mind is fucking blown. But moving on. So, but it has a very, very, very bitter aftertaste. Uh, and it's surprisingly bitter, but it's soft on the palate. It's not too um, harsh, but it is it is quite over-the-top bitter. It, it doesn't necessarily invite another sip. Some bitternesses, some bitternesses, some bitterness will invite the other sip and and some dryness will invite the other sip. This really doesn't do it because it lingers in such a way with the the maltiness and the and the floral spice of the hops. It's not too overwhelming, but it, and it goes well with the malts. So it's quite balanced, the, the hop to malt uh, flavor ratio. But that bitterness just doesn't invite another sip because of the flavors that are lingering from the, the hops and the malt. But, you know, you're going to take another sip anyway. So. so then it came down to a rating, right? I wanted to give this a fucking 10, dude. Seriously, I wanted to give it a 10 because of the... I mean, they nailed it with the fucking German flavors, man. I, I, I mean, it's just, I feel like if I close my eyes and someone put this beer in front of me and did a, like a blind taste test, I would think this is like a, a fucking a polliner or something. I, I would think that this is a Eyinger or something, you know? I literally, I swear to God, I think I would. And I really hope that if you could find this beer, and, I, and I've never really done this before on the show. I don't. I, I know when we do the Mount Rushmore thing, I always tell people to go out and get it. But this isn't making it to the Mount Rushmore, and I'll tell you why. But the Autumn Landscape Fest Beer Lager from Industrial Arch Brewing Company, I really want you to go out and get it. Because one of the things, one of the staples of this show, and you've been listening so you know, is that it's hard for us to find craft beer that tastes German. That has a great German uh, quality to it. If this beer, when I did the when we did the Oktoberfest special, if this beer was on the the docket, it would be in the German category. Okay, I, I can't stress that enough. I'm I'm fucking shocked. I'm fucking shocked because these ingredients were from New York. Okay, and that makes me happy because I live here. Maybe I can make a beer like this. But nonetheless, I gave it an eight point six. Okay, it's a respectable score. Seriously, that's a very respectable score. I want to be fair with the scores from now on. 8.6 if this wasn't as bitter. Okay, seriously, and I, I can't stress this enough. It has a, a unique, strong bitterness that is just a little bit off-putting to me. Like, I just wish it wasn't as much. Maybe maybe it has to be as much, but, you know, because then maybe it would be too malty, but then maybe you should scale back on the malt a little bit. Either way... It's just it's just a little bit too busy, uh, too too bitter for me. It easily could have landed at a nine point two, maybe. I swear to God, a nine point five. It's hard to find any domestic 
beer that is close to this authentic German flavor. Seriously, maybe a 9.5. Okay, it, I, I put it up there with a 9.5. I want to maybe make in the Mount Rushmore an honorable fucking mention just for this alone. Because this stands literally on its own. Okay, in terms of the of in terms of the flavor and the characteristic here. Unfucking believable. I'm literally losing my mind over it. And I think that you all should you all should give this a shot. Dead serious. All right, guys, that's gonna be it for the show. Okay. Um, what do I have to say in closing? Just find the closest brewery to you, man. Find the closest brewery to you. Oh, I had an email. I'll get it next week. Find the closest brewery to you and go there, man, and find the local, the beer that you like. I understand there's some guys that I know, right? I'm not going to name names, that they're like, you know, my local brewery is churning out beers so fast, it's just too crazy. You know what? That's okay. You know why? You could do what I do, right? I've been, I've had on this show 146 unique beers. It's been more, but we had to delete some shows. But nonetheless, it's been 146. Some of them have been great. Some of them have been bad. If you have a local brewery that you could go to and you could have that shit on tap, 146 beers, whatever it is. It might be even 20 beers, 20 fucking beers on tap. Go fucking do it and enjoy it. They're going to have your favorites. If they don't have it, you have something to look forward to. We're saturated with craft beer right now. Go local. Find your find your your niche. Find find where it is and enjoy it, guys. I'm gonna catch you next week. I cannot wait for this weekend. I'm gonna take as many pictures as I can to document this this moment in uh, the history of Three Bears in in the history of my life, where I am now going to be able to say proudly that I am a home brewer. And I hope that one day everyone that listens to the show can do that too. If I could do it, uh, seriously, I am inept. If I could. If I could do it, this is a tough close right here. If I could do it, you could do it too. Guys, thank you for listening, and I'm going to catch you next week. Love you all so very much. Uh, Take care, everybody. God bless.